We all talk about building skills in climbing. We discuss the importance of not only building strength, but our technique as well. But what does that actually mean? What does that look like? How do we do that in the great outdoors? And more importantly, how long can we expect that to take? In this episode, we're digging into all that and more with Coach Carly Rager of Project Direct Coaching. So sit back and get ready to build some skills. You're listening to the Average Climber Podcast. All right. I'm very excited because our dear friend Carly is back again. And Carly, we asked to give we asked you for a fun fact. And Carly took the fun fact direction, um, I think in a new direction. <laughs> well, which is com- what we've compared to my like sad and depressing facts. Yeah, we needed hopefully. a strong pivot from that. <laughs> um, so <laughs> big time <laughs> so you're fun and vaguely useful um maybe <laughs> her. i don't know for carly okay carly do you want to tell us your fun facts? and maybe for everybody else that has hitchhiker thumbs out there there's yes. just there's like some people out there that are listening they don't even know they're amazing at ring locks but um yeah my fun fact, <laughs> my fun fact is that i have like a hitchhiker thumb that's pretty egregious it's like a full 90 degrees but when you're crack climbing um and doing ring locks because I have such a hitchhiker thumb, it's really, really helpful with ring locks. And I can even get two fingers over or even three into a ring lock. And that is uh, my 0.75 size crack Very technique good. that uh, uh, I'm kind of gifted with just because my thumb is weird. <laughs> I just want you to know that you and 24 to 36% of the U.S. population have that. And that's it. It's pretty oh, limited. That's like. <laughs> that's not nothing though that's like more relevant than i thought it would be um but what you're relevant <laughs> with hitchhiker thumbs also crack line carly for those that are uninitiated can you describe what a ring lock is uh yeah i can kind would of, strongly encourage a google search for yeah this well like if it's... you're listening to this and you're like what is happening this is a good visual education <laughs> topic but <laughs> Yeah. Go so, ahead, um, yeah. So when you're in a crack size, uh, that is too small for you to get a hand jam in, but it's too big for you to get like a finger lock in. It can be that's like a really, really hard size to get any purchase on and climb on. So I'm going to try to describe this without a picture. Um, but basically, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Basically, if you're looking at your thumb, you're going to take your index and middle finger and put it on top of your thumb sort of like closer to the base of it um and then you'll tip up the top of your thumb and you'll insert that into the crack and you're almost kind of creating a little bit of like i mean essentially a hand jam motion out of just a few of your fingers and so you can get some purchase on that um you can do it with two fingers or if you have a crazy hitchhiker thumb like me you can kind of do it with three but it's in those 0.75 um or depending on your hand size, maybe 0.5 or 1s that you can't hand jam. Very good. Okay. Well, that's sick. Uh, you love you love to see it. We will, uh, maybe we'll link to something that, like, shows you pictures of that. But you would love to see it, but you didn't. Um, well, that's a 
Hitchhiker's Guide to a Ring Lock, am I right? <laughs> okay! <laughs> All right. Welcome to this episode. I'm very excited to do it. Um, so today we are joined by our dear friend Carly. Carly is our, I think Carly is our first guest to come back for a round two. Yes. Hell round yeah. Dose. yeah. Round dose. Yeah, she is. Um, Carly was on, initially featured on episode 24, where we talked a lot about fear and climbing. And if you haven't listened to that, you should totally go back and listen. That's definitely one of the ones that I recommend to people most often. Um, but today we are going to be talking to Carly about skill development in climbing, um, which I think is so important <laughs> and something we talk about a lot. But I also think a lot of times it's this generic conversation of like, we need to build skills, but it's kind of like, what does that mean? And also how long <laughs> does that take? And like, what do you need to do to go from, let's say someone that like, you know, bitches about slab and can't slab climb to someone that's like, friction slabs my jam, right? Like what happens in the in-between there? And I think Carly is a real master of acquiring new skills and like diving into weird styles. And I've seen her do it on a bunch of different climbing trips and I'm excited to chat with her about it. Um, Carly, let's see. What is there to say about Carly? Let's see. <laughs> what else is there to say? Um, Carl, to introduce Carly. Besides Carly, my hitchhiker thumb. Besides, yeah, Carly is <laughs> a cool That pretty thumb. much says it all. <laughs> That's it, okay. no more. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give the Carly highlight reel of fun facts. Carly and I started our businesses around the same time. Similar time to when Caitlin started her business, too, honestly. Um, we all, Carly... honestly, were destined to get to know yeah. each other. That's all I'm yes. going to say. <laughs> exactly. Um, Carly <sighs> Carly sent a lot of hard rock climbs in the <laughs> range. Carly has her cscs which is a certified strength and conditioning coach which she worked her ass off to get which is very awesome and she is the head coach of project direct coaching and you now have two coaches working under you yes which is amazing um yeah so carly's been in the game for about carly's business has been around for about three years you coach probably a bazillion people at this point um excellent at coaching head game she's helped me with my head game before um yeah i'm obsessed with this girl she's amazing so i'm so happy to have her on the podcast we're obsessed um, with you welcome we're obsessed with you. yeah carly <laughs> rules i love her and i'm so excited to hear what she has to say about skill acquisition because she's so fucking good at just digging in and building new cool things you um, say i'm really good at beating my head against the wall is that <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a skill because a lot of people like do the one knock against the wall and they're like, that hurt. I'm leaving yeah. this wall behind. <laughs> keep beating your head and that's good. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Um, Before we get into the episode, Caitlin, would you like to tell everyone how they could get a sticker from us? I would love to give the sticker beta. So <laughs> <laughs> the way that you can do this is by leaving us a review. You can do this on Apple Podcasts. Um, you go in and leave us a little bit. You can even just give us a thumbs up emoji. You can add a yeah, side. Anything. Yeah, anything you want, anything your heart's de heart desires. Uh, you can also go ahead and leave us um, uh, some stars on Spotify. They won't let you say nice they things, anything, but which is a shame. But if you get on Apple Podcasts and you leave us a review and we read it on an episode, you will get a sticker. So everybody wants a sticker. So yeah, <laughs> you should get one. They're cute. Um, they are very fun. They have our late mascot on them, Stubby the Corgi. Make you yeah. R.I.P. Um, 
R.I.P. as of too recently, unfortunately. Um, but he lived to be, I think, fifteen years old as an ancient so, corgi. So yeah, very old wise man of a corgi. Um, so you should get a limited edition Stubby the Corgi sticker if you can. Um, and if we read your review out loud, you just go to the link in our show notes and you send us an email, and that's that. Um, but today we are going to usually we do like a testimonial of the week, but Carly has had something very cool happen recently with her athletes. So for this week's testimonial of the week. Carly's just going to spray about some cool shit her athletes have done. So Carly, why don't you tell us the exciting news that you have? Yeah. Yeah. This sometimes happens where like, I'll be, yeah, like I'm working with a lot of athletes and depending on what they need, we're working on very different things, but it's really cool when it all comes together. And that kind of happened in the last week where three of my athletes, I think, yeah, all three of them were one-on-one athletes. Three of my one-on-one athletes all sent their first five twelves this week. So it was just like, bang, bang, bang. One in. Yeah. Congrats, coach. That's so exciting. Oh my gosh. You love it when that happens. I love that. When I get those messages, you know, I like, and I knew some of the days they're out there. I was like, check in to see if I got any messages. I feel that. You're like checking everyone's Instagram story like an absolute creep. I'm like, did you send? (laughs) I need answers. (laughs) That's awesome. Three in a week. Damn. That is. What, where were they all in the same place or were they like all over the place? Super scattered. So New River Gorge, Donner Pass, yeah. up near Truckee, and then uh, Red Rocks in Vegas. So, oh, hell yeah. All kinds yeah. of yeah. rock types. Sansa so, represent. Um, as you were saying, Lauren, uh, the queen of acquisition, here we are. So, yeah. I really, that really speaks to that. <laughs> yeah, depth of skills that you know and the depth of rock types you could coach on successfully, too, which is dope yeah. as hell. Um, okay, well, we're doing something a little weird and different in this episode. So, Carly recently, Carly, do you want to tell people where you went on a trip last month? Yeah, yeah, I was in Rode was AR. Yes, okay, tell tell us. Yeah, I was in Rode AR in Spain. First time I've ever gotten to go to Spain to climb. That was definitely like <gasps> a lifetime bucket list thing. Um, nice. So I was in Rode AR for just over four weeks and climbed my face off. And I got back a little bit ago. And yeah, we did a little, well, I'll let you share the, the Yes. <laughs> okay, so I thought it'd be really interesting because, okay, Caitlin, let me ask you this. Have you ever been on a climbing trip or like started climbing somewhere new? And when you first got there, you were like, this is fucked. I don't understand this at all. There's yeah. no way I will ever be good at this. And then like, you every know, time. time passes. And then you're like, wait, this is actually fine. Has this, where do you think this has been the most like remarkable for you? Do you think, Caitlin? I think for me, this happened maybe most memorably in Romney recently when I was there in September, I was like, oh my God, this is not, I'm, this is just nothing that I have climbed on recently for a number of reasons, you know, sport climbing versus, right, right, exactly. But that was definitely a a big issue where I was like, man, I don't even know how I would have trained for it. Because with like Lander, for example, I trained pockets before, but with Romney, kind of went in thinking, uh, ah, crimps, no problem. Nope. No, Romney's <laughs> so weird. It's great. Yeah, I definitely had that experience with Romney when I like lived in New Jersey. So it's really funny that you say that. Yeah, I think this is very common for many climbers to be like, I'll never learn how to do this. And then eventually, if you keep, to Carly's point, beating your head against the wall, you can learn. Uh-oh. So I thought it would be so fun to have a phone call with Carly um, at the beginning of her trip. So we actually hopped on the phone like right, I think it was like a couple of days after you like 
got to Spain and I just kind of asked her to like predict how things were going to go. We touched base on like what she wanted out of the trip. And I'm so curious to see, you know, (laughs) one, I want to know Cartley's reactions to things that she thought would happen. And yeah, I just want to talk about it. So you can have, so you're going to get two glimpses here, folks. You're going to get a glimpse of a climber at the very beginning of a trip to a totally new place. And you're going to see how things ended up after the fact. So I am going to go ahead and play this phone call. Um, And I haven't listened to this phone call in months. Caitlin has never heard this phone call and Carly also has not uh, listened to this either. So it might as well be new for me. I don't remember. So (laughs) yeah, I know this is basically a two month, a two month uh, on site for us. What did we even talk about? I have no idea, but let's find out. Carly, oh my God, <laughs> how is Rodiar? So you were in Barcelona for a couple of days and now you're up in Rodiar. That's like a four yeah. hour drive, right? It's like, yeah, it's like three and a half hours. I was in Barcelona a couple of days, but like also very much passing yeah, out at lagged. random times yeah. in the day and then staying up till 3.30 in the morning and like- um, Being like, what time is it? <laughs> I was physically in Rodiar, mentally present was like a whole other- came up from barcelona two-day road ar and now we've been here about a week so i've adjusted Damn. to how were those roads though <laughs> dude actually it was funny people were like oh man you gotta get you know like prepping us to like go up the road <laughs> ar you know and uh and i was like i mean i don't know like i've never been here i'm not i'm not the person to be like oh yeah i got it like it's nbd but like anybody that says the road up to road ar is like worth being aware of needs to go drive the road to El Salto because it is like big facts it was pretty chill like there was a wild boar here and there but like it was yeah. paved and I was at no point was there like a 17 percent incline it was pretty chill oh yeah that's good nice okay fun fact about Rodiar while we're chatting um my first ever 11a was in Rodiar around the no dolphin. Shit. Yeah. 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 Like that was the first fun. trip I ever trained for. Like after college, I went to Rodiar on like a two week climbing trip and I was like, I'm just going to go rock climbing. I went with like a guide. We were in this like big van, but yeah, it was the first time I climbed. There's some other 11A that I climbed on that uh, I cried on a lot, but my guide was like, we are dealing with your fear. And then he was like, he just pulled the <laughs> rope and was like, here you go. <laughs> And like it kind of worked, but, but like it's pretty knowing what I know now, I don't know. It's fine. I did the thing. So yeah, I gotta I should find out what that climb is so you can do it. I bet you've like warmed up on it um on the dolphin. But yeah, tell me how it's going. So how many days yeah. have you been climbing so far? Yeah, so I think I've gotten four climbing days in five. Five climbing days in four nice. or five so kind of like that intro where you're like figuring it all out figuring out what crags you're psyched on figuring yeah. out you know all of the things and getting a feel for the style and like learning that yeah so, um, so i've done you... that and usually nice yeah, oh yeah but... how do you feel like the um because i know that like you spent a lot of time in el salto and then also in um oh i hear some i hear some spanish okay. speaking in the background that's oh sorry <laughs> no you're good um Okay, but like, how are you? So you spent time in like Rifle the last few months. And then like, obviously, you spent a good chunk of time in El Salto earlier this year. So I feel like you've mm-hmm. been doing like, Nibari Tufa E stuff, like in your mm-hmm. life the last year. So how mm-hmm. do you feel like that is transferring? Like, do you feel like a fish out of water? Or do you feel like things feel normal? <laughs> I certainly feel like 
way less of a fish out of water than like, you know, flashback like four years ago or whatever when I first went to El Salto and sure. he was like, this is a tufa. And I'm like, I what's no a tufa? So, yeah, exactly. so, but so far it's been interesting, you know, and I'm still getting the feel for it a little bit. And usually when I start climbing trips, I like to spend the first week just like climbing, you know, stuff that I on site or like a couple goes. So for me, that's like, you know, 512A to 512C range. Yeah. Yeah. But at this this area so far like there's the there's the crag that I like am on sighting at and then the climb where I like am still feeling like I you know sometimes I'm just like lost in the sea of tufas oh okay what are um, those if you could like describe both of those crags mm-hmm. what crag feels like you're chilling and what crag feels like you're like what the fuck's going on yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> to some degree or it feels like less practice recently so like Camino um is this area that has like you know kind of some good warm-ups anything from like 11a to I think maybe gets up to 12 plus you know but a little more like 2d style slightly overhanging I was gonna be like is the one that feels normal the one that's like slightly more vertical which is totally fair because that's like most of rock climbing or like a lot of rock climbing (laughs) okay yeah and climbing in the flat irons around boulder is Mm -hmm. a lot of that slightly off totally kind of technical weight transition based climbing which is typically what I feel the most comfortable with and I've been practicing most recently and then like but you know like if I wanted to climb that I would have stayed home because like the really inspiring areas to me is like um Gran Boveda which is like the really really steep steep tufa lines like like all of the skills that are involved with the tufas and all the fitness that are involved with that and so um and so, yeah, it's kind of depending on where I am. It's funny going in back into Tufas after not being on them for six months. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like, this is a language that I know. It's in my brain somewhere. Oh, yeah. like, I just need, need a couple, I need like a couple of days to re-remember and like be able to spot those knee bars and um, know how to move between the things. You know, because so much of Tufa climbing is moving around the Tufas and yeah. like, and just kind of took a, it's taking like at least a day or two to kind of, now I'm starting to feel like I remember it in my body a bit, but nice takes a minute. Let's see. So like emotionally. Okay. So comparing, like, let me ask you this, comparing like how you felt like week one in El Salto, the first time you were ever there, like emotionally versus how you feel in Rodear right now. Like, how would you compare those two? Way better. <laughs> Way better. <laughs> nice. Tell me why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I got to remember back to have first trip in, trip in El Salto and it was like taking me a minute to send like a 12A and I was like, damn, like just kind of like, or like, you know, spend all day on this climb and I like had, you know, but like now I feel like those El Salto skills are very much relevant. Transferring. Here. That's um, tight. Yeah. Kind of more like remembering and like refreshing as opposed to like entirely new learning. Yeah, that's super cool. Oh my gosh, I love that. So you feel like hopeful, like you're like, this is going to come back kind of thing. Like it yeah. doesn't feel 100%, yeah. but like it feels it feels good. Cool. How are you? Okay, not to make you like make predictions, but since we are going to yeah. like, you know, <laughs> what do you think your, I guess in terms of like scouting projects or whatever, mm-hmm. like what do you, I guess, what was your, what's kind of like your goal for this trip? If you have mm-hmm. one yet, like specifically or broadly, and then- what do you, if you had to make a prediction about like what you think is going to happen, <laughs> just such a loaded fucking question, but I'm so curious. So <laughs> no, it's a good, it's a good 
question. I feel like I've had like two schools of thought on it. So I did, I did go up this A day at Grand Veda a couple times. Thirteen B for the un-European. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, thirteen B for the un-European a couple times, and um, and it was a sick, sick climb. But maybe I wasn't like married to it yet. There's yeah, like yeah. eighty five A days right next to it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> sure. Um, and so it's tough. I think I'm in a spot. So I guess yeah, I like. I've just sent a lot, a lot of 13 A's, you know, hey, I had a few 13 B's and I'm like, okay, if I'm going to, it's almost like if I'm in a project, it needs to do a three or 13 B or C, or I need to stick into like sending all of the coolest 512s ever and getting fit sure. as hell for when I go back to Colorado and then like, in, if, you know, enjoy my fitness there. So I'm like, I still haven't decided. <laughs> like what you want <laughs> to do? Think is- yeah because I don't want to like commit to it's like I, I want to climb a line that feels like the coolest line sure. you know and and let that be the psych as opposed to like I need to go after a grade in a short period of time because I can often like create a ton of pressure if I yeah. like you know like am I really doing this for and you still have all the of line and I think it's back. cool yeah but how so long are you there it's kind of six weeks uh, five weeks total. Five weeks. So okay. Yeah. So You're like about you know, one week like, in ish right now. About one week in, starting to feel a little bit fit, more fit. There's just something about like on rock fitness that is in like capacity that is just very, very its own thing. But um, yeah. So I'm like, gosh, there's like 40 amazing like 12 plus two full lines that could be cool and and being super fit in that way or you know i think i'll still try a few harder things and if i like get sucked in then i get sucked in and i'll you know yeah. let i'll let the project and gods take it from there i love that that's so fun okay so there's definitely like two directions that you could go do you have like a do you have like a time that you're gonna decide on what the direction is like do you yeah, have kind of like a I, rough not to be like have a timeline on a climbing trip but i i definitely like, at least for me, when I'm on a trip, I try to be like, by this date, I need to like, if I'm going in on something, I need to like pick it and get get going. So, <laughs> yep, yep, nope, for sure, for sure. Um, I think, yeah, this next week, so I'd like to send like a couple more like in the 12 plus zone just totally. to like be in that, like understanding how everything's working and how I'm feeling fitness wise. So I hopefully in the next week, I'll like send a couple 12 pluses and then also be like sampling and project shopping something. You know, like go try, try a couple things. And then if I'm like, you know, what I'm hoping is that there's like some moves that I'm just like, oh my God, these are moves I, I need to figure this out. Find. Yeah. And like, yeah. I need, like, then you figure it out and it feels so cool. And if I can find that experience, then I'll be willing to like go all in. I love that. That's so sick. Okay. So it's kind of been like week one, just like deal with jet lag, get your shit together, <laughs> get on more stuff. Week two, yeah. you're going to like try some like upper level, like, second tier type of projecting Mm -hmm. like mini projecting and then maybe and do some project shopping and then after week two you think you'll be able to be like okay last three weeks we're either like gonna go ham and just send all the second tier shit or maybe go in on something a little bit Mm -hmm. harder or and probably a mix of the two I feel like you can't climb only on the proj all the time unlike what I've (laughs) been doing at the time this is being recorded (laughs) so that's sick okay (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like the first week for volume. And I always say like, I try to do like a little like grade ladder where like, you know, if I, my project grade is 13 BC, then I will like back down to like 12 B and I'll kind of start there. And I'll be like, I want to send like 12 B C D and then, and then move on it. And so like, I'd like to think of like that first week or the first quarter of my time is like volume and understanding. Yeah. 
and then and then going in onto something. Um, but you know, it's always like it's easy for me to go project in like El Salto. I've been there three times. I climbed a ton of the stuff there. Yeah, you know, but it's my first time here, and this is nothing to say that I come back. You know, and um, I think sometimes resisting the urge to project is also worth it considering. Yeah, you know, being, and like having having a volume trip. So yeah. I'm, you know, TBD, maybe I'll find like the line that I, you know, have you ever had it where you like try a climb and then you go to sleep thinking about it? You're like, yeah, I need, I need this. I need to do that. Yes. Absolutely. I think think we want that level for me to commit to project. Yeah. I think I love that. A stoke measurement. That's perfect. Well, sick. have (laughs) so much fun. I want to go. I'm already, okay. Off topic, but I want to go to Europe next year. I want to either go to Kalimnos or like Rodiar around when you're doing Mm -hmm. it. So, uh, keep me posted on your trip plans i'm already yeah. like i yeah, want to yeah. go do more yeah maybe like, the project another- shopping will be for next year yeah i'm like i need another carly chaos trip in my life so like let's go <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah i can provide that i would love it that sounds fun plus will I you like- be rapping on stage at the climber hostel for this oh, trip perfect or no? uh yeah <laughs> if we're in somewhere spanish speaking maybe i'll even do a little bit of like kindergarten spanish rap because i have quite the duolingo streak going now whoa i've made okay, it to the okay. diamond league exciting um but wow <laughs> anyways That's this is dope me. yeah i it's been um it's been an arduous journey um and also <laughs> uh a lot of doing things not for the purpose of learning but for the purpose of beating people mike is always like are you doing this to learn or do you just want to beat people and i'm like can't it be both you're um, like if i'm gonna be beating people i might as well learn something yeah i'm like i i have to beat people at things so whatever but yeah oh this is awesome well carly i'm so excited to check in with you uh later on and yeah. um yeah i will we will we will talk post trip and i can't wait to uh get in touch with you to see how everything goes and have so much fun climbing all the tufas climb roxy la palmera for me i couldn't climb that when i was there because i wasn't good enough okay. but apparently okay. there's this challenge where you see how many knee bars you can do on it and our guide was like someone got up to like 22 different knee bars i mean i think it's like an 11a so you should go climb that for me because incredible okay i'll check that out (laughs) okay yeah all right sick talk to you later carly okay see you bye isn't it fun listening to the sound of your own voice (laughs) the first time we ever did a recording Lauren and we had to listen for edits I was like I hate this now I'm desensitized but okay so we listened to this discussion yeah it was my first time hearing it and I remember when you had initially mentioned this Lauren in the discussion I was like oh my god I cannot wait to hear how this goes because I feel like I go into trips a certain way but I and would... sometimes stuff does not go how you thought it would. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm always curious to hear how coaches go into trips because I feel like that's, it's, it's like, um, what would you call it? Like the, the supplier versus the consumer, like, how is it different? What does this look like? And yeah, I think listening to you talk about like, what did you say, Lauren? At the end, it was like Stoke shopping or something like that. Like <laughs> trying a Stoke measure, trying to see if it would be like a projecting trip or if it would be a mileage trip. That is, I'm I'm excited to get into that more. So, but before I, I derail us too much, I guess our our 
big question for you after listening to that. I'm curious to know what did you predict correctly and maybe what did you not predict correctly? What was totally wrong? And then also (laughs) how did the trip end up going for you overall? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, so I ended up kind of doing more volume in the 12 plus range. That sounds extremely fun. Which is what I ended up doing. Um, And it's always... Gosh, you know, you'd think after a dozen years of climbing, this would maybe maybe stop happening. But it's just wild because it's like there is this one twelve C at Grand Boveda, and I was just it was just it's so steep, and I think that's the biggest difference between the Tuva climbing there versus maybe El Salto is like mm. like the consistent 40, 40, 40 to forty five degree um, angle and the amount of like moving with momentum and the amount of like total full body fitness um and so I kind of like just dug into that and uh and that was really cool and spent a ton of time on that I did work one harder out for a little while as well but just given that it was the very first time I was there um it kind of ended up being more of a learning trip and Mm. I was thinking back on that um about other places that I've like gone for the first time and then returned to and maybe a little learning moment for me is like maybe it's good to just expect your first time in a certain place to be a learning trip and then you go back again with all that knowledge and maybe can have a little bit more of a performance trip but I still had a great time but yeah thinking about first trip to El Salto totally a learning trip first trip to the creek totally a learning trip you know and I think that this trip fell right into that idea as well when you go or when you plan trips, do you like project shop before you get there at all? Are you ever looking at guidebooks or mountain project or, you know, any resources that are available? Like, I, I'm curious about that, too. Not especially, really. I mean, I, I look up like generally what the style is and make sure it looks hmm. cool or like has been recommended. <laughs> sure. Or, like, you know, that people that I trust think it's sick or something like that. But I think sometimes the more beta we get, the worse it puts us in a position because it just sets us up with a bunch of expectations that are coming through somebody else's lens. Yeah, Yeah. that's such an interesting point about going to like a totally new place. Like I think it's helpful to know certain things ahead of time. And like, obviously you both know me, like I'm a big planner, like especially if you're going somewhere where you aren't (laughs) going with someone that like knows what's going on because like, well, no one's going to figure it out for you. So you should like kind of know what's up. Unless you go with my husband, but. (laughs) (laughs) So, but Carly, let me ask you this. Like, you know, if you're coaching an athlete that's going on a climbing trip somewhere new, um, or if you're like thinking of this yourself, like what, what is different about going on a trip? Like you've mentioned like a learning trip and a performance trip. Like, can you describe the differences between those two things and like Mm -hmm. how you approach those two scenarios differently yeah yeah I think it you're measuring success differently really you know a learning Mm. trip is like uh your success is like I learned a new skill I learned how to like rest in a different position I learned how to use a tufa knee bar like something like that where like every day if you're walking away being like oh I learned how to do this then that's the success um yeah like for example and like so you can have those kinds of trips, which I think are super, super lovely. 
one, because they're making you a better climber, two, because hopefully you're not like always in 100% performance mode all the time. Yeah, so, you, I think you lose your mind. Everyone. Yeah, I think <laughs> everyone, everyone in the back, listen up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You were triggered by that statement. Better turn your ears up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, oh gosh, throughout the years, you know, I've had trips where where I'm learning and trips where I'm performing and I think that that balance of like some of both is super super valuable because trips where you're learning you are going to figure something out and then you're going to get significantly better at it in five days five climbing days whereas Mm. trips where you're already on your own style you know what I mean you're going to have more of like the performance pressure and you're probably not going to get that much better at you know the thing you're already really good at and so there you see these big jumps in your own climbing on certain styles like in road ar i was climbing on almost every day on like 40 or 45 degree overhanging routes having to climb with momentum and tufas and things and i remember getting back into climate going into a gym session in boulder at the boulder movement and i've never felt more comfortable in the steep stuff than i have that's so cool (laughs) really really fun Okay, regarding, so you just mentioned like five days of climbing is a decent amount of time. So if someone, if one of your athletes was like, I'm going on a three-day weekend trip, like is, is there like a minimum number of climbing days that you think is quality to have a trip where you are focused on learning something? I think I would almost like broaden the view a little bit. So I have this 30-day rule Mm. with myself and with athletes that are jumping into new styles and one of the biggest things I see when people are trying to get in new styles where it's steep climbing crack climbing multi-pitch climbing whatever it is trad climbing slab climbing is we really as humans struggle to not draw conclusions like we want to go out and we want to do it for two days and we want to figure out am I a natural at it or or you know what I mean like or am I never going (laughs) to figure it out like we we and we, I'm either one of those things and there's nothing in between yeah, <laughs> we, we're yeah. Like, exactly we're like we really want to know if it's gonna get better because like the first on any new style the very first handful of days is like you're walking into like a WWE smackdown you better like bring some good <laughs> yeah. snacks because like it's gonna yeah. be hard and you have to knock your expectations down a little bit but um so this 30-day rule, which is actually a lot of climbing days. So I've done this with, like, crack climbing. It was, like, going, you know, like, I'm going to spend 30 days on, like, pure crack climbing before I even get to – before I allow myself to make any judgment on if I'm mm-hmm. good at this or if I'm going to be okay with this is, like, you know, and I think I'm still at day 29, you know, or, like, <laughs> 28. Which, yeah, because 30 days is, like, you know, maybe it doesn't sound like a lot, but if you have, you know – that's like how many? I mean, we only get what fifty three ish weekends a year. That's a lot so of that's time. fifteen weekends. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah. a lot. And if you yeah. live, if you don't live really close to like super specific crack climbing, which is the case for me, like the creek is a little ways away. There's like other crack, there's like some crack climbing in Eldo that's been really awesome for me to get volume in. But um, if so, if you think about it like that. You know, it might take a while, right? But, like, mm-hmm. now, like, so I think I'm day 28 or 29, if you really count only, like, true full crack climbing days, you know? And, um, and yeah, and now I feel pretty dang comfortable on, like, 510s in the creek, and I, like, led and sent to 511 finger, finger crack this last weekend. 
and Congrats. I'm still That's not so sick. I'm still not allowed to d- tell you like according to my little rule you know like I'm still <laughs> not allowed to tell you if I'm good at crack climbing or not or if it's going like no we're still in the we are still in that like sponge phase and so instead mm. of being like okay you have a three-day option for a three-day trip into a new style whether it's steep climbing slab climb whatever it is um is instead of being like I want this many days on a trip is be like, okay, this is a style. And over the next couple of years, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot for like 30 days on this style. Yeah. And I'm going to not judge myself. (laughs) Underline, highlight yellow, not judge yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Not judge yourself based on the first 10 days because you are just, you're in that sponge stage. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, that makes <laughs> that makes a ton of sense. I love you, that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when you are at the 30 mark then, then what? Like how do you just know you're like, nope, not for me? Or <laughs> are you like, you know what? Let me look back and like think through the process or like then let me direct it to a specific trip you know, whether it be destination or local, like what do you do at that point? Sure. That's a good question. Well, I think unless, unless you are like, it's almost impossible for you to spend 30 days in a new style without gaining some skill with it. Maybe you have some partners Mm -hmm. that can also offer a little little mentorship. So (laughs) I, nothing. You're just like trying to not learn anything. (laughs) Like like, I refuse to get better. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. So like when you get to that 30 day point and you look, I would challenge then you to look back at the first two days and I bet almost everybody would have to say, like, okay, I've gotten a lot better at this after that 30 days. And then I yeah. would present the idea to you, well, what makes you think you won't keep getting better if you give it another 30 days? You know, what so, what evidence is there to support that? Because yeah. it's probably not any. You're probably significantly better at whatever it is. Um, yeah. But you just so need forced to give progress. That time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's so cool when you're able to then step into a new place and be like, um, like be able to pull some of these tricks out of your sleeves. Like I was in Red Rocks last weekend. It was really cool to be like, okay, I did some slabby slabbiness, but now I'm like in like kind of a chimney and then like a number five crack. And I have like some ideas here. And that's when the, the like, I guess you get, I've felt like I've gotten a lot of joy out of becoming more well-rounded, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't it's more it's like internal joy to me it's not it's not like a tick list thing but it does come across then when you're trying to on-site you just have all these things that you can pull out and be like oh do it like this you know yeah that's sick caitlin One you more. look like you have a question I yeah also have a question. i'm like <laughs> i feel like every well this is the second time so every time carly comes on i'm like um asking for a friend yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm about to but, also have an asking for a friend question so well, I'm wondering like you mentioned maybe we're getting away from like the original topics of like okay. projecting versus versus just like volume and mileage but would you say that when you're working on this you know 30-day rule as like a you know loose guideline are you prioritizing one of those more than the other or do you find that it naturally is one of those more than the other oh like it, when I'm like going after the 30 days do I find that it's like yeah are you your volume 
Yeah, yeah. Mm. More volume for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So when you say <laughs> volume, is that kind of things where it's like on site level or you can do it in like two tries sort of thing? Like, is that or just like yeah. doing the pitch and then being like, great, clipped the chains. Next thing. Next thing. Uh, yeah, next thing. Yeah. I like where it's, I guess, true volume in my mind is like getting on the climbs that do look cool to you, you know? And mm. like, but like sometimes it'll just be like, yeah, five pitches of this style a day. I like, as a coach, sometimes I will not ask people if they send it because uh, that's not where I want their focus to be. Yeah. I want them to get up five pitches of very steep 511 climbing, or I want them to just get up five pitches and solve the beta on five cracks in a day. Or I want, you know, so like, it's just so funny because um, everybody's like, wants to tell me like, oh, I once I did this one and I got this one second go. And, um, and like, my I question, don't I don't care. care. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I'm like, I do care. care. I do care. You're like, you care, like, but you're like, that's not what it's about. It's like, yeah, but it is, like, but it's not. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like I'm like, okay, but what was this? Like, what did you, did you do a bicycle? Like, what, a, like, you know what I mean? Did you try that out? Like, did mm-hmm. that, was that, what, did you make sure your glute was engaged on a heel hook? Did you, like, it's that stuff that I want to hear from athletes. So I will, like, sometimes, like, it's just, like, five pitches in that style. Tell me about what you learned. So, yeah. like, homework versus the final exam. Right. It's like, yeah, gotta do the homework. Okay. This is my asking for a friend question. Um, and this is also (laughs) me asking for those people because I used to be the people uh living, you know, kind of far from outdoor climbing, uh, you know, listening to podcasts of people being like, Well, if you get to climb on this style a lot of days a year, that's great. Then you're like, Cool, I am live in Florida and everything is not like that for me. So my question for you is, and selfishly right now, it's extremely snowy in Salt Lake, which is great because it's about to be ski season is upon us at the time this is being recorded, which is awesome. But I have like some skills that I'm trying to develop over the winter of stuff, especially in the gym that I'm always like, what? So uh, competition slabs that have like the weird combos of like dynamic movement, but also like super balancey stuff where it's like you have to move fast and then freeze. Um, that's some of the stuff that I'm working on. And I'm also working on dinos and carly i'm wondering if you think for someone that's like in the gym if something like this kind of like 30 day idea can apply like could you have 30 sessions where you're like i have to work on at least you know one session can count as i have to work on at least three different competition slab climbs or like you know weird slabby insert your thing here but like Mm -hmm. you know the slab climbs the Mm -hmm. balancey slab climbs that found you find challenging like could you like do that in the gym as well like do you think that transfers over I mean I don't see why it wouldn't but yeah like tell me your thoughts there for those that can get inside more than outside 100 percent yeah I think love it um picking not that you can't do other things but spending like I'm gonna spend 30 minutes on whatever this anti-style thing is is really helpful I do think Mm -hmm. this is where um where some amount of coaching really f- has a lot a lot of value because I was looking yeah. if, I, if I look back to like 2012 I don't know when this would have been 2012 so I was like in, uh, <laughs> you know like starting to climb pretty regularly and um I would avoid like the plague you know the roof there like I could call him the slabby v4 and this vert v4 and I would just avoid that roof v3 like the plague I vibe with that. Yes. Yeah. So, and I think and it took a lot of 
yeah, com- coming around. But the like, if you're in that position, you know, think it, it's maybe oversimplifying it to be like, just go climb all the roof climbs at a lower grade because maybe you just like aren't familiar with the amount of options and skills and techniques that are available to you in that type of terrain. And I mm-hmm. think that's where like coaching and mentorship can really be helpful because somebody can like be like, maybe on this, like, this is what Try a bicycle that. is, you know, this yeah. is what a tow hook is. This is when you would like, um, so uh, either mentorship or coaching, I think when you're in that, it's really anti styles is like super, super helpful. So that way it doesn't feel like, like without any of that direction, you go climb your anti style thing. You're just going to like get really frustrated, you know? So like getting yeah. a little bit of help there can Support. be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, but I think the same thing could apply like the 30 day rule in the gym on whatever, um, if it's slab boulders or if it's overhanging Steep stuff, or... whatever it is, um, could have the same effect. And then, but make sure you don't let yourself make any conclusions, you know, until you hit that 30 <laughs> day mark. And, and that's, that's where that's like that spot where people will like abandon it because they've mm-hmm. made a conclusion that they're no good at it as opposed to just like continuing to stay in that ambi- ambiguity a little bit, which is really hard, um, for longer. Yeah. Cool. Well, I definitely have more thoughts on this. And after the break, I want to get into other tips you'd have for people as they break into new styles. So we have more, more to come, but let's get to that after the break. You know what movie scenes really spoke to me growing up? The makeover montages. Like Lizzie McGuire going on a shopping spree with her pop star icon twin or Caddy Heron's Good Girl Gone Bad transformation in Mean Girls, or better yet, Anne Hathaway's iconic bangs in The Devil Wears Prada. I actually tried out those bangs in eighth grade. Turns out they don't look so hot when you have a massive cowlick in the middle of your forehead. Anyways, the fact is that I love a good makeover. I like seeing how a few simple tweaks can lead to a stunning before and after. And though I'm no Hollywood fashion guru, I've started a little makeover game of my own. With training plans, of course. Every week, I take an audience member's training plan and offer the adjustments needed to take it from alright to excellent. Inside of the weekly training plan makeover, I take you step-by-step through the how and why behind my recommendations that you can watch in a short, actionable video. The catch. This is only available to those on my email list. So if you want to get the weekly training plan makeover delivered straight to your inbox, or maybe even get a training plan makeover of your own, then make sure to get signed up for the weekly training plan makeover at the link in our show notes. Okay, we were just on the break, but then Carly asked Caitlin and I um, an interesting question that I feel like is super relevant. Um, so Carly, ask it again. <laughs> How was oh my Josh? Gosh. We had so much fun. So yeah, big, big learning trip. I feel like I, I mean, Lauren and I had a whole talk about my expectations before we went. So I kind of knew what my goals were and I didn't really have any goals to send. And I feel like I just was there to learn, mm-hmm. which I also is going hand in hand with this whole volume experience of just seeing how it goes, even though I've been to Joe's twice yeah. before. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see where I'm at now. Lots of things in my life have changed. I feel like I've changed as a climber. Mm-hmm. And 
I could go in with a different mindset because of that uh, and as a result of that, but it was super fun. I think that's the most fun I've had on a trip in a long time. Yeah. Nice. And like for a lot of reasons, not just because it's a cool place and I was with cool people. For sure. Yeah. I I would say I also (laughs) had fun and I went into the trip having like a side thought of like, maybe I'll find like the thing and I'll like try to do it in a session. But really I just like sampled a lot of a ton of stuff in like the v4 to 7 range and like didn't really send anything but i just like wrecked myself every single day trying different boulders and got to try like so many moves like steep stuff compression stuff crimpy stuff like that place is Candyland. there's so much shit but i was just like this is so fun <laughs> and i feel like like the last year i've definitely put some focus on to like learning how to compress and learning how to heel hook better and it felt like the trip where finally i was just like mm-hmm. doing stuff automatically and i was like the skills mm-hmm. they have been acquired that is mm-hmm. so fun <laughs> like, yeah. yeah and it was just like honestly such a blast especially because i didn't really do any like specific preparation for it like i've definitely been in like a do what i want that sounds fun mode um and focus on other things a little Mm -hmm. bit mode and it felt cool that like i was still able to like climb strong all day which was dope so yeah speaking of preparing for trips carly i have a question i have another question for you about your preparation for your rodeo trip so what do you what did you do in your preparation to kind of like be ready for the style and like is there anything you think you did in you know almost you know in the months and maybe even in like the year leading up to that trip that you feel like was really effective in you having like a very fun skill acquisition time while you were there yeah yeah um one of the things I think that was that was super helpful is having a fair amount of capacity going into the trip uh and don't know if not maybe not everybody has a partner like gal who will totally go in for a five and a half gym gym session with you in the middle of January but like that's what we did like we were we were our capacity was like pretty well pretty high so like when we got there I wasn't like um I was certainly still building the Mm -hmm. full body like almost like cross like I'm squeezing every muscle the whole route yeah I was gonna say I was like if I was preparing someone I'd be like you need to be able to be on the wall for a thousand years at a time because these routes are long. And then also <laughs> you need to be able to climb just a shit ton in a day. So it seems like you did that very well, um, which can be time consuming yeah. to build that kind of capacity. Um, To those of you that are like more time limited, I know that like can kind of sound hard, but that's why if you're preparing for a trip like this, like figuring out a way to get as much rock climbing in, even if it is only a two hour session is like super critical. Okay. So you did some like big ass gym days and you had like generally really good capacity going in. What else? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole entire time I was in road AR, I probably crimped something like 10 <laughs> times. So, um, just so I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah. You know, huge open-handed, big toothers, big knee bars, more like full body type fitness, mm. which I think is maybe a little bit just tree hugging your way up. The wall. <laughs> hey, yeah, Wait, yeah, so so little crimping, and so like in terms of like yeah, maybe if you are limited on time and you're going to some place like like Rode AR is like yeah, like don't need to hang. You maybe could do like a pinch block or something like that, mm, but like yeah. Y- 
Yeah, you are way, way more um, going to realize or not your full body fitness in a place like Rodear. There was a climb that I literally my le- got I pumped off of it because my leg was so pumped. Like I was throwing oh another God. knee bar over my head and my whole center of my body, like my core just started like shaking. <laughs> and I just like pitched, like my arms were- That's different. <laughs> no forearm pump at all was going on. But like the entirety of my body- was coming off of this climb because like I literally couldn't like lift my leg up anymore so it's just like so physical and not Damn. like that kind of like you know it's like like since I didn't have any like really specific goals for that trip you know I just wanted to go in having the capacity to like have a great time mm-hmm. but like sure. if you were to like that place is pretty specific in that like you know big capacity big pulling muscles big core muscles like you're climbing with your legs and um yeah it's a very specific style in that way and so like of the places I've climbed in that's the one where I'm like yeah that like full body um what's you know kind of like the yeah like full body mountain fitness applies more yeah. to the sport climbing there than maybe to some other places that this is this is interesting that was really interesting so that was on this climb called a. Uh, for those that listen to this that speak Spanish, you're gonna the Commando Conio, which is you know not maybe not the most <laughs> most fun name for everybody to say, but uh, there's this yeah this is burly it's, it's such a burly 12C and um yeah I literally my leg pumped me off that climb so Damn. thinking about um preparing for somewhere like Rode R is gonna be very different than thinking about preparing for somewhere like Smith or Tensley oh yeah. Or, um some of these some of these other places so something to like take into consideration mm-hmm. when did okay wait go ahead caitlin sorry just when, we have so many questions um <laughs> when <laughs> when did you plan this trip because you mentioned that you were training capacity back in january was that for this trip or for another trip oh sorry i mixed up january i mixed up pre el salto with pre oh okay because both of them involved <laughs> gal and i in the gym for very yeah. extended periods of time okay sort of all okay. yes. together <laughs> but yeah fair but yeah when did you start preparing for this then like how soon before the trip uh probably i really just had like well to be fair I like I'm lifting pretty consistently right now throughout everything Mm -hmm. because that's like I think the biggest thing for me right now is like some of these like big global lifts getting 20 to 30 percent stronger so in a sense I'm kind of always training that's just a lifestyle that I like have but in terms of like prepping into going into specifically road AR about a month um okay okay. how did your training shift from just like general like general preparation mm-hmm. listen to our non-linear periodization episode if you're like how can you be training all the time check those episodes out <laughs> um but yeah like what flipped like what did you start doing more specifically um in like the month leading up I imagine maybe you got into some more like specific power endurance type work did you and like what yeah tell me I'm curious tell this you. is fun yeah <laughs> uh yeah so like before I was right before like before I was specifically road AR looking I was like I was lifting in the gym and like um but it was summertime so I was like going out and climbing out all the time you know sure. and just like okay, yeah having my three days a week of lifting um which is look then as I switched into be like road AR focused I started mm-hmm. to go into like into more like anaerobic capacity bouldering type workouts and big big long rope days okay. so 
Okay. That's one thing that I've found over the years that is helpful is like is getting in these like gym rope sessions um, to get the volume and get the power get the power endurance but while you're having to clip bolts and like yeah take lead falls and all of these things as a part of it so mm-hmm. um just doing that oh my gosh goodness i think gal and i were doing up down ups at the movement baker on we'd just like start we'd go up down up on like a grade and then the next grade and then the next grade and hold it there until we were like the only About reason I think bomb. some of us got through the, either us maybe got through those workouts because we were just like not letting each other quit. It was pretty, pretty good like that's partner vibes in that one. Needs and now, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. And I was like, yeah, and I remember that uh, being being a big big part of it, and that kind of goes more to the capacity things. So, um, yeah, letting I think the, that makes lifting a ton of go sense. a little bit during that last month yep. for sure. Yep, for sure. I think that makes a lot of sense. And y'all, like, this would be think to carly's point that we just kind of discussed like this would be super different if you were preparing for like a smith rock or like short bouldery stuff in lander mm-hmm. or god forbid an actual boulder <laughs> yeah. you know that would be totally that just an actual boulder totally different so that's super that's super cool carly i love love to hear that um that that is so fun um those sound like really fun days yeah i'm so it's so interesting because usually like a lot of people rope days can be really time consuming but i do think if you're preparing for one of these like sport climbing areas with longer you know longer pitches all of that like you can totally get stuff done with just bouldering but i do think there are circumstances where i'm like man if you had a partner where you guys could go ham in the gym for three hours and that was your preparation so that you could have long crag days like that stuff is really nice it's just not always like available to everyone just because it is like time consuming it requires a partner that's like down to just like go hard as fuck so yeah mm-hmm. hmm. caitlin what questions do you have what questions do you have we're so full of questions <laughs> i know i feel like i have <laughs> it's always the asking for a friend situation because yeah i feel like they're you know with especially going to new areas I feel like in just working with a coach like I know you mentioned okay developing a new skill or getting better at a new a new technique or a style of climbing is really helpful to have a coach and I totally agree with that (laughs) because after having worked with Lauren the last couple of years I feel like those are things that I didn't think about versus in the past I would be like you know I'd go to a new place and be like the fuck why do I suck I should just quit climbing and then it's like wait hold on back (laughs) up backing up Uh, (laughs) I feel like it's yeah that's that's been something that I've been working on too so is there anything that you wish that climbers would do differently when they try to broaden their skills and their skill sets or learn to climb better in a new place Mm -hmm. yeah I think the one of the biggest things is that 30-day rule Um, yeah I love that. That's super easy. (laughs) Like tally mark in your phone. Yeah. Done. (laughs) Yeah. Because like you're going to go into that new style and you're going to be frustrated. Totally. And you have whatever concept of yourself and yourself relative to a certain grade and it's going to get super booked and like you're going to have that was just frustrating, uncomfortable feelings about it and just being like, okay, that's fine because like maybe I'll write down one thing I learned, but I don't. I'm not going to say anything about this for until 30 days happen. So that's like one really big one. A mm-hmm. uh, good example of this, like that t- really really steep 12 
plus in road AR that like, you know, I think it took me like six or seven goes to do, you know, mm. and I came back. Have you on-site, you've on-sited 12C before, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that one was the one that you, that took you six or seven goes was like 12D? That, that was 12C. 12C. Okay. Yeah. So like that's, you know, and I think if someone just took that at face value and decided to get pissed, like mm-hmm. that could feel shoes flying. like a, some type of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. And then I also came back and I was on a super, you know, sort of like comfort zone 12C when I got back to Boulder and I did it like I almost onsighted it and did it second go. So it's like, holy shit. Like these are both technically the same grade right but one took me so much longer than the other and that's just you're just in that learning zone so giving yourself those giving yourself being like legitimately 30 climbing days before you're going to decide if you're good at this style within a grade there's these huge style differences and that rather like you know rather than bringing in huge expectations for a certain grade is like really trying Mm -hmm. to Focus on what that particular hunk of rock is going to teach you about movement or climbing mm. or whatever it is. So I think yeah, just like recognizing that and being okay with that, you know, maybe you have a style that's a little bit easier for you. That's always going to be that way. That doesn't mean that you can't really benefit from bringing those other styles up. That's a really good, good use of your time because being well-rounded. Um, is like a really powerful feeling in terms of opening up the amount of climbs that you can get on and have fun on, which is kind of mm-hmm. is the whole dang point. So um, not right. having to walk up to a crag and be like, I can only do this one and this one because they're in my style, you know, and being like, yeah, I can have fun on all the route that has a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. That this is the worst. It's like a route that has like it's mostly things that you're good at, but then there's like one thing that it just like is an interesting rock climb and it turns into something you fucking suck at. And then you're like, well, I guess I just won't climb it because there'll be one part that's extra hard, mm-hmm. even though, and like yeah. that's like when there's a slab top out to exactly. like a really cool sport climb or like, you know, or like whatever it is. But yeah, mm. I think that like for me, the climb that I just projected in Joe's the whole bottom half is like my jam and then the top out is gonna be like the spiciest beach whale on like slopey nothingness I've ever done Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay so you'll have to be good at crimps and slopers (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) so yeah I feel like it's that's it's a good tactic I like that (laughs) yeah Yeah. and I think that's sweet when you plan your year it's not like you need to just only just like be like I'm just only gonna do the stuff that I am really inexperienced you know yeah yeah or not that you suck at but that it just like feels extra hard right now yeah better way to say that it's like for everyone just spending be like I'm gonna spend a month a year working on that and you can still have fun and do all the stuff you're good at or I'm gonna spend 30 days working on Mm -hmm. that um it is a way that you can like have it in there without feeling like you're only doing the things that you struggle with which is hard mm-hmm. so hopefully that can make it a little bit more sustainable but um I do think there is and every climber is different and what people want on a climbing is different but for those people that are like this really really matters to them they want to put a ton of time in and they really want to excel push themselves um push grades these kinds of things and it's like a really big part of your life you care a ton about it I do think there is this kind of like maybe like hill you need to get over or sort of this bump where you kind of have to accept that it's not going to be comfortable and fun all of the time and you have to be able to like find enjoyment and fulfillment in the struggle and in the this is really hard for me um 
and, and not that everybody needs to do that, but if, if you really want to push your climbing, like mm. letting go of the idea that it should be comfortable all the time, I think is a really important step. I can't agree with that more. And I also think if everyone could let go of trying to like have this idea that every grade is going to feel the same to you, no matter like if you could just accept that that's not a given at all, like just because you've done so many of a certain grade doesn't mean that there isn't going to be like one 11 plus that feels like crazy to you or like whatever it is. Like, I think if you could let go of that, that's going to feel a lot less frustrating and climbing gets a lot more fun Mm -hmm. there too. So yeah, could not agree more. Well, Carly, we have one final question for you. Um, And this one's on a more personal note. So we started out with a little discussion of you personally as a climber and we're finishing it up there too. (laughs) But I wanted to ask you, what is one thing you wish you would have done differently that might have brought in your skill set faster um, early on in your climbing career? Let's say at like the one to three year mark. We actually just did an episode about all the things we wish we would have known one year into climbing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. How does this, how would you answer this, you know, from a like specifically skill yeah. oriented perspective? <laughs> oh my gosh. I just wish I would have... Uh had gotten on cracks sooner made that a priority <laughs> yeah. like, really because you just like crack climbing and you wish you would like you wish you had more skills already or because you feel like crack climbing is like transferring to other things that's so interesting both i think i i do really enjoy multi-pitch climbing and as you get into bigger climbing mm. and tried climbing like uh, even if there's some bolts that, like that's just skills that you need to know if you want to do bigger climbs so like for sure like for like here's an example is like um i think it, like cloud tower and red rocks you know it's like a bunch of different crack sizes and it, it was mm-hmm. really stinky and not fun to be like oh there's a number five section on that like now i can't do the whole climb even if i can do a bunch of the other quote-unquote like, cruxy stuff but i'm just so out of you know so like I wish I would have, um, you don't, you don't know what you don't know, which is like, you know, hopefully maybe somebody listening that like enjoys mm. multi-pitch climbing and, and sport climbing and all of the kinds is like, um, by the time I got into crack climbing, I had sent like a lot of 513 sport climbs and I couldn't get myself a five up a 510 hand crack. And so like by putting that off, it created this huge, like huge gap that was mm. frustrating Whereas if I would have been like seeking out crack climbing as more of a part of my earlier, um, earlier climbing goals, you know, then I would have been like a 510 crack climber at the same time as like a 510 sport climber. And I wouldn't have had to like Mm -hmm. deal maybe as much with the like, the like really intense smackdown that I did deal with. And, you know, I'm glad I did, but it would have been easier to just develop those skills. You're only on day 29. You're not allowed to make judgments. Right. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Good point. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) No, I also want to call Let's see. Okay. One last note that I want to make, or one last thing I want to say is that I think this is my little PSA and Carly, I'm sure you'll, you can rampage on this too. And Caitlin, honestly, um, I think when you're using fixed mindset language, when you're trying to learn a new skill that is like wrecking your progress more than you know um 100 carly would you care to give some examples of fixed mindset language that drives you bonkers as a coach yeah yeah 
<laughs> I would love to. Because I can't do it at the crag when it's happening all around me and I just have to like go hang out with my snacks. Yeah, la, la. And be like, you're like, you could use an attitude adjustment, but you can't tell that to grown adults. They don't really like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, Yeah, I think saying things like, I'm terrible at this. This is this is impossible. I suck at overhanging climbs. I'm never going to be able to do that route. This move is stupid. That hold like- sucks. I'm not tall enough. Like I could just go on and on and on. This move's stupid. This yeah, I mean I'm totally guilty of this too, but I also think it's like good to be aware of it because when you're trying to learn something new, like saying any of that stuff is not like helping you. Like you you know, you wouldn't you want to be complaining about it or saying these things if you didn't actually care about getting better at it. Mm-hmm. So like stop saying this shit. Yeah, it's, it's not helping. So I think what happens, <laughs> I think what happens though is there's a bit of a false dichotomy between like um if you're like if your friends like you got it you're doing great and you're like objectively I'm not like clearly I'm not so therefore we go from positive to like totally negative right we're like you can do Mm -hmm. it you're awesome Mm -hmm. this is going great I got it to like this sucks I suck this holds dumb I'm bad at overhangings I can't do crack climbing whatever we go we go from like one all the way to the other and like finding a more neutral something like I wonder if um this is harder for me but I wonder if I tried this like I'm gonna try to learn this today um you can actually find a lot of new like a way to say that stuff with less like totally positive and totally negative and that's like a really good spot to learn because then you're like your little your little sponge brain is able to actually process information yeah instead of just shutting it down with like shit talking yourself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so you don't just say i'm doing great but you have to you know you don't have to like totally pretend like everything's going swimmingly when it's not but then Mm, you can still stay neutral and be like well you know i'm gonna try this next i'm gonna try this maybe i need to train something specific um or something like that but we need to find that neutral zone where you're actually still taking in information Mm-hmm. Yeah. The neutral zone is such a wild concept that's yeah, it's it's uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that makes so much sense because I'm sure both of you have experienced it too, where someone's like, You're doing great and you're like, fuck off. I suck ass today. Why like stop being so positive? And then I feel like that it's honestly like it challenges your brain to be like, uh uh-uh, uh, wanna bet? I did you're this. You're like, bad. let me find out. This was let me really all terrible. give you an eighteen point list about why <laughs> yeah. I'm actually sucking and I'll deliver it to you via email. Like Yeah, yep, exactly. And <laughs> I challenge feel, accepted. Yeah, totally. I feel like it's just like an auto response. I mean like it's even if someone's like, Oh, you're doing really well and you feel like you're doing well, you're like no no I'm not it's it's whatever and like we don't we don't accept that compliment either I feel like that's just like the the part of our brain that's it it doesn't want to sit in either the like okay yes objectively I'm doing well and or I'm maybe staying in this fixed mindset where instead I could be more neutral and being more curious about it like oh I wonder why it doesn't feel good I wonder why today feels different than maybe last time or Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. or why you know why is this crux getting me is it because I don't work on this move or because I haven't eaten anything for five hours like there's so many things that (laughs) Caitlin's like and maybe you all just need a snack (laughs) (laughs) just my PSA um but yeah I feel like the neutral zone is like 
if you created a workbook on the neutral zone slash 30 day challenge, I think mm. I would buy that. That would be sick. Yeah. So, quick biz tips. Here's Carly's marketing <laughs> idea. Dude. I love that. Um, well, this was awesome. Carly, where can people find you to keep learning more awesome things from you and the other wonderful coaches at Project Direct? Yeah. So you can find us on the interwebs, www.projectdirectcoaching.com, where you can learn about me, our background, our other coaches, their background, their certifications, all of that is on there as well as the programming and levels in which we support athletes. Um, and then you can also follow us on Instagram at, at project direct underscore coaching. Um, and if you're super psyched, we'd love to have you on our email list, um, which you can sign up for at the bottom of our website pages. So yeah, that's where you can find us. Ooh, and we will we will link to all of that um, in the show notes, as it were. So very good. Um, fun. Caitlin, I don't know when this episode will be coming out, but do you want to tell anyone anything before <laughs> we wrap this up? <laughs> if at the end of this you heard me talk about snacks and not eating them, give me a call. <laughs> I'd love to work with you. <laughs> yeah. That's so it. real. So Wait, real. speaking of snacks, this was so funny. I'm such a fucking dork, but I was at the gym uh, yesterday and this dude literally had like the biggest container of greek yogurt that you can purchase and like a little like thing of oatmeal and he was like sitting on the bench in the middle of his session like eating a snack and i was like i came over to him and i was like hey nice snack and like he had headphones in and i was like oh my god and he took his headphone out and was like what and i was like oh i was just saying like you have a nice snack that's a good snack and then i was like why am i so weird <laughs> but at least it was like positive but i always feel bad making people stop their jam to like talk to me but i just wanted to tell him that i was impressed you're like no 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 eating. i wasn't saying oh, you so... are a snack i was like no it wasn't like that i swear <laughs> <It was> like... <laughs> yeah it wasn't it wasn't like that and he was like yeah greek yogurt and i was like yep yeah. i was like get your awkward ass out <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Oh. Bring... <laughs> never mind i'm not gonna judge snacks but that's i was thrilled i was like a rock climber eating snacks in the middle of a session Correct. delightful but just p another psa if you bring an entire yogurt container to the gym you best be eating that in that session because it is not it is perishable folks like that's <laughs> maybe he bad. only had a little bit left and he was like i don't need to dirty another dish i'm just gonna take like the little this big container that only has a little that is the only rational or and maybe it contained maybe, not greek yogurt and he just was um, reusing the container and maybe he doesn't have dogs who sit by while you get your greek yogurt out and they must have it and look at you <laughs> with eyes of demonic persuasion yes. anyway <laughs> side tangent one more yogurt related tangent <laughs> okay and then uh caitlin's little mini aussie josie really likes like licking the yogurt containers and we gave her one on thanksgiving like the, like the ends <laughs> of it and because she stuck her whole face in it she had like a ring of yogurt remnants around her and she looked like a little yogurt lion and it was the funniest shit i've ever seen really she had like like white eyebrows she had some ebenezer <laughs> vibes going on oh my god yeah i was like we should clean this off but it's funny and we're and leaving i won't it. i mean it it <laughs> fell off eventually Ooh. yeah so that's good um anywho well thanks so much carly Thank um you. on my end i have no idea what's going on when this episode's coming out i mean i have an idea but you can go to goodsprayclimbing.com to learn about working with me um <laughs> lots of climbing resources galore um very cool all right sweet well i think we could wrap it up there carly this was so fun <laughs> you're so full of good good truth bombs and 
wisdom, <laughs> yes. etc. Thank you for sharing such. it with it us. Is great. Mostly us, but I also feel our listeners. I want to go to the gym right now and just suck and get. <laughs> I can't wait. I feel like oh, day no. one of thirty. Yeah. yeah, day one of thirty more slab. <laughs> so this is great. Well, dope. All right. Until next time, everyone. Yeah, thanks for having me. Keep keep it. <laughs> wait, Carly, we're gonna teach you what to do. At oh, okay. the end, uh, we have our guest join us in signing off with keep it average. Oh, okay. So okay. Try yeah, to say yeah, it at the same time. As okay, us, okay. And we'll go from there. All right, ready. Um, okay. So until next time, everyone. Keep, keep it, it average. Well, that makes me feel better that I didn't. Caitlin here. We hope you feel excited to build more skills in 2024. Now I'll close us out with some exciting announcements and our production credits. Interested in working with Carly? Check her and her team out at www.projectdirectcoaching.com. The Average Climber podcast is hosted by me, Caitlin, and my co-host, Lauren. You can find us on Instagram at The Average Climber Podcast for antics between episodes and updates on when new episodes are coming out. You can also find me on Instagram at Dirtbag Nutritionist and Lauren on her Instagram over at Good Spray Coaching. Editing for this episode was done by Lauren Abernathy. The music for this episode was created and produced by Debbie Dabney. The Average Climber Podcast is a part of the Plugtone Audio Collective. Head on over to PlugtoneAudio.com to learn more about the other awesome shows on this network.